Welcome to the Maris Review. I'm Maris Kreisman, and I am so delighted to have Catherine Lacey with me today. Her new book is just mind-blowing. She's the author of the novels Nobody Is Ever Missing, The Answers, and Pew, and of the short story collection Certain American States. Born in Mississippi, she's based in New York and Mexico. Her latest novel is called Biography of X. And Catherine, there are so many different things I want to talk to you about this incredible novel, but I'm, I'm hoping that as a way in, we can start by talking about Kathy Acker. When I first started reading Biography of X, I thought very simply that this, oh, this is a story that probably maps on to the life of Kathy Acker. And then I realized that, you know, it is, it is way more. <laughs> But I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what drew you to this character who seems Acker-like. Well, I think it, they're actually, I think like the beginning, the beginning of writing the book was also around the time that I was reading Kathy Acker for the first time and reading the, because of the Chris Krause biography of after Kathy Acker came out. And I loved, I loved something about that book. I mean, I've always liked reading biographies. And I like a proper biography. But there was something about that book because Chris Krause had such a kind of front row seat to Acker's life insofar as the average biographer usually didn't know their their subject and were contemporaries with them and even like shared, like I think her partner was like an ex of, of Acker's or something, you know, like, oh, like kind of cultural overlap between the two of them that gave the biography some of its flavor and also contaminated it in some ways. <laughs> and I, I liked that position a lot. And so it was around the time that I was thinking about writing a fictional biography and I was drawn both to like Kathy Acker's kind of, she knew something about creating the character of the artist exterior to the art that lots of people were doing like versions of that at that time but there was something about the way that she did it <laughs> that's like kind of still has people's attention even even when the writing may be like she's not my favorite writer in the world I like right. there's lots of things I like about her writing but I think there's something about the bravado of like her diaries and her persona and her life that is still kind of gets under our skin yeah, for sure. So I, I wanted to steal some of that for this for this character and these characters in the book. And then it, you know, at a certain point it became clear to me that I had to include actual people. And so Kathy Acker, the you know, became a kind of character in the book. She's <laughs> most most of the I think all the characters that are real real people or based on real people are pretty peripheral. They kind of are like in the background and sort of like have a couple chapters or something, but they're not like main characters of the book. Cause I, you know, that would be a different type of thing, but yeah, but I feel like it was important to have, she comes in a couple of times and is sort of, you know, doesn't really necessarily like what she sees, you know, she's definitely like a bit dismissive of, of X and, and I don't know, doesn't have, she doesn't have a big, she doesn't have a big role, but I kind of let her come on and sort of roll her eyes a little bit. I love that, that in her diaries, there's something about how X is a weird chick. <laughs> yeah, sure. One of the things that I found, I find so compelling about Kathy Acker is, you know, I was editing a review of another biography of her over the summer. And 
there are standard things that you do in biographies, and then there are standard things you do in reviews of biographies. One is you give the date of the subject's birth. Yeah. <laughs> we can't all mutually agree on that one fact. Yeah. And when you start like that, then it really does become a question of like, well, then what's real? <laughs> right. What's, I don't know why that, that feels so like fundamental. There's something so like, like, I mean, your birthday, you know, like the, the, like, I always like, I always want to know what people's birthdays are, even if I don't know anything about like their sign or anything like that. I just kind of like knowing like, when's the time of year that feels like it's the new year for you, you know, or like, what's the season that you sort of think of as like, kind of like your age changes and like, I don't know, your memories around your birthday parties are all set in this season. So I don't, there's like something, there's something to that. But when you don't know, like I know someone whose mother was born on leap day. And so, mm -hmm. you know, they, she both celebrates her birthday and then she celebrates a quarter of her age because she's only seen her actual birthday, you know, one out of every four. And so there's something kind of funny about that or yeah, or just like the, like the disagreement about, about like when a birthday is called into question. And you, you yourself can't remember and our own memories, like, it's kind of, isn't it weird that like, we only know, you're like, oh, my earliest memory. And you're not actually sure if those things actually occurred or like, when does your memory start? And why does it, why don't you remember what it felt like? You to, like, just have photos of that thing that you've looked at so many times. No one remembers being born. And I feel like that's like a common fact, but like, what if somebody did remember the actual experience of being born? And why does like the human brain just delete that? I don't know. These are all things that like, can't be called into question, I guess. I, I love this. And so in terms of character development of X, which is such a funny thing to ask about, but like, or obfuscation, I guess, of, of her character, you use a variety of, of works that you cite in the endnotes that can kind of stand in for X's various, like she has the aphorisms of, one of the thinkers from the 80s who, who's been really like critical about culture and, and you have that voice down. Tell me about that. Where to start? Like <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some things about her that I think, okay, so I, some part of the book rewrites American history and it re kind of reorients what happens when and then some people are still you know, like some things actually still happen and some things don't and some things almost happen and some things don't. And so like at some point there's reference to like the fact that the Vietnam War didn't happen, but there was like a conflict in Vietnam that could have escalated to a war and it didn't. And so I think sometimes like when like an author like me or anyone, we had to like take credit for our book or like answer to it or something. <laughs> it always feels a little bit ridiculous to me, partially because... I don't like I didn't get to choose where I was born. I didn't get to choose like the type of body I was born into or the things that happened or the parents that I had or like and then when you like, keep tracing it back, it's like, well, I did this because of that. And I did that because of this. And I did that because of this. And like a lot of these things really just you kind of are born into the situation that you're born into. And the art, especially I feel like I think when I was a younger artist, I really felt like it's really coming from me and there's something really personal at stake. And therefore, mm -hmm. like whether somebody responds to it or not as like a it's like a personal connection or a personal disagreement or something and i don't i don't really feel that close to authorship 
anymore. And I, I, but it doesn't feel like a sad thing. It feels like then like, well, like books and works of art and films and whatever are kind of this like commonly held substance. And I think if, you know, if I didn't write something like this, somebody else would have written something like this. Or like you see kind of the same idea coming out in a bunch of works around the same time, because I do think people are responding to more or less like similar stimuli and similar like reference points and whatever. And so there's something really, I really like that idea. I feel very freed up by it. And then it's, and then I don't feel like the burden of, of like having to write or whatever. It doesn't feel like a burden because it's just like something I'm doing with other people. I don't like sit down in the morning to work and feel like I'm working. I just feel like I'm like trying to work with other people or work like along. I'm like with every, everybody, everybody's doing it, you know? And like the things that I'm bringing into like writing are just like all the things I've read, all the people that I've met, all the stuff is there doing it, you know? And then it's less about instigating, you know? So I felt like why does this? So like X getting to sort of parrot th things that actual people said, or, you know, she writes like David Bowie's heroes, like X is actually the <laughs> author of that. And it's not because I think like somebody other than David Bowie should get credit for that song. Although like, I don't think he wrote all of it. I think it was written with a couple other people, but like, I don't know, things like that, or like the Eve Klein, like stamping people's bodies with paint against the camp like somebody else would have come up with that do you know what I mean it's like it's no dig on you Klein. it's just like yeah you were the person that was there in the moment that started doing that but somebody else would have done it and like maybe it would have been a man maybe it would have been a woman depending on how other things had gone or maybe it would have been you know maybe lots of other people had already done that before in a way that was less compelling so it's just like I don't know authorship and art are just interesting questions to me and I guess I had been thinking about them for a long time and so the idea of creating a character almost by thinking about what kinds of things she made first and then kind of backing up from like, oh, like what if I wanted to have a character that had done all these different things? What kind of person would that have to be? And then what kind of like world would she live in? And it was kind of like trying to go backwards in the thing that I was talking about of like, oh, I was born here and then ended up doing this because of this person and whatever. It's like, if you start with the art and just like I threw everything at the wall that I liked and tried to imagine somebody who could have accomplished all of that. And like, this was the character that I came to. I love that. She's, she is like a cultural Zelig. Mm -hmm. I, I let's, let's go back though, because one of the things that I really loved about the book is that when you start, so X has died, we are told, and her widow tries to write her own biography and that's where we get of course the title of the book yeah we get into questions of authorship and reality right away because of course cm thinks that she's writing a book of nonfiction, and at some point late in the book x's friend oleg says oh dear we believe in an abstract concept of truth do we and that's like exactly where we are now like it's it's almost cliche to say like what is real mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is truth what can we rely on the way you ease us into this is really interesting because when you start talking about x you start by talking about the people who a kathy acker like person would have been friends with contemporaries with you mm -hmm. have a lynn tillman quote which mm -hmm. she famously said 
you were always Kathy's friend. She was never your friend, <laughs> which I loved. <laughs> and then little by little, things kind of lose the timeline in terms of the people you're quoting. Tell me about that. You mean where like like people that are alive now, like I start using their names? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of it was just the pure, you know, I wrote a lot of, I did a big revision during the beginning of lockdown and it was just like missing acquaintances and missing kind of like people. <laughs> and I was just thinking about like, you know, some of those, some of the names in there are people that I know personally. Some of them are not people I know personally. A lot of them are not people I know personally, like the, the people that are alive. But there was something about just feeling so far away from people that, and also just like, so in the same way that like, you know, if you like change, you change one thing at the beginning of the, of the 20th century or like, you know, a couple really big things at the, at the beginning of the 20th century, and then you have a very different America by the end. Maybe, maybe Rachel Aviv would have been born 40 years earlier. Who am I to say? I don't know who decides <laughs> who gets sent down when. Do you know what I mean? And like, who gets what name and does what? Or like, or it's just a name. Maybe it's not, I'm not like saying, you know, that Rachel Aviv actually wrote about resignation syndrome in the, you know, the Southern Territory or whatever in the 90s. Maybe it was just somebody who happened to have that name. And like, because I really respect Aviv's journalism and, and or the sorts of things that she writes about and the way that she takes very difficult topics and turns them into something. I wanted to put her name in there. I don't know. It was something, but it was like probably just because I was reading something by her like that day. And then like, that's the name that goes in there. At some point I was like, oh, I could be really scrupulous about this and really try and mention every single person that is like, you know, but then I was like, I, I just can't, I will drive myself nuts. And there has to be something kind of random about it too. And so I didn't get very scrupulous with it. Like even down to like friends, like I use a lot of friends names where like yeah. where I can or want to. And like, I didn't like, I think I there's lots of very close friends I didn't include and it wasn't because I didn't want to like nod at them. I just, it didn't, I wanted it to stay kind of random. I love when you quote a, a debut novelist who had something prescient to say. And of course it's, it's you. <laughs> oh, but, but then in, 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 in that, realm you also have to do a lot of world building mm -hmm. that results in the ways that we even re like in terms of what media or publishers actually exist in the world you're writing about so like the new york times still exists but the yorker, the yorker is called something different the I, yorker the yorker why i don't know i mean it's kind of stupid there's like some things I like, there's some things I did in there that I'm just like, well, like there's a lot of inane headlines. I mean, some of this just comes from because it was because there's fake footnotes there. You suddenly have to come up with a bunch of authors that aren't characters in the book, but they are their name is in the book. And there was something about and then like a bunch of headlines. And there's something sometimes like like if you read a headline from 10 years ago, it just seems completely out of touch and weird because like a headline is a kind of. It's like a tweet, you know, it has this kind of like immediate kind of disintegrating quality to it and doesn't really make sense or like hold up over time usually because it's not supposed to because it's supposed to be very quickly and then the kind of like in a sort of headline language that can be understood right now, say something, right? And so, and especially in arts journalism, which a lot of the stuff that's quoted is like arts articles or whatever, there's some, so there's like some really stupid headlines in there is all I'm saying, like, <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted them to kind of seem 
out of touch because they have to be by the time the book is coming out you know of course yeah and and i'm assuming this is also true for for the photos that you used in the book like tell me about finding them how you decided what was going to represent what yeah i think at the beginning like all you know writers at the beginning of writing a book it's always like bigger and stranger and crazier in your mind at a certain point towards the beginning or like it's more of something that it than it ever possibly could be and at the beginning i was start i started to think well i should i decided that after i had written the text like after i had i really knew what the text was and i had revised it and i was i was clear you know that i would then start to fabricate the images i would wait till the end and and that i was going to make most of them and i was going to like you know, either I was going to use friends, just like before the pandemic started, before the lockdown started, I was going to like use friends and like use it as an excuse to collaborate with, with like kind of artistic or just sort of fun or performative friends that I had that I wanted to like, you know, dress up and have them take pictures. And like, I was going to kind of use people in my life and kind of cast them as different roles. Then lockdowns happened and I was, and it was about the time that I thought I was ready to start fabricating things. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just have to use myself because I don't really know if this is going to work distanced. And I don't really know if, if I can ask my friends to like take on another project and we're dealing with childcare and jobs. Mm -hmm. So I, I started to think, well, I will do it myself. And then I realized somewhat quickly that I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't know how to like by myself fabricate everything that I wanted to fabricate and, and to make it look like the eras that I wanted the the photographs and and documents to look like I did end up fabricating some of the things I I hired a, a couple of graphic designers to do other ones and friends and stuff like this too but but most of the pictures although not all are like are just found images and and I found like I because I've been collecting old photographs forever like I I had mm -hmm. a bunch from like I just had been I'd been collecting them for I don't know like fifteen years or something. And, but then also like you can like any kind of vintage store, there's usually like a stack of yeah. vintage photographs and you can kind of go through, usually people are getting rid of everything, you know, just cleaning out a house and maybe it's not even somebody they know. So it's just like images and it's like sometimes a lot of images, the same person in different moments of their life. And I had this whole series that I kept from, I think I still have it somewhere. This like woman through like probably 30 years that's clearly taken by her husband or somebody very close to her in like all these different settings and holding weird stuffed animals over the years that she was collecting. And <laughs> I don't know, I found it so tender and so moving. It was just like, I couldn't get rid of them. I didn't use her in the book. She's like too close to me. She's like a relative at this point. <laughs> but but yeah, I did find some that that worked for like, oh, this this person, this person looks similar enough or maybe they are the same person and I can sort of use them to kind of represent her in different eras. I love that. And, and, and yeah, we should we should talk about that aside from this big statement about art and artists and the stories we tell, you have also built this alt history of America. And I'm wondering how, how you how you put this stuff together. There there it gets so detailed, which which of course I love. How'd you do that? <laughs> well I I I I had to because I knew at the beginning I wanted the biography to be written by a, the the surviving spouse of the subject, and then 
I thought, well, if it's a heterosexual relationship, should the man be writing about the woman or the woman be writing about the man? And that both brought in like certain kinds of baggage I didn't want to bring. And then I was like, well, okay, so it has to be a lesbian couple or it has to be like a queer couple. And then I was like, but I don't want to have to, I knew I wanted it to be in like the mid 20th century. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want either of these characters to really waste any of their time having to like justify their existence as a lesbian couple. I want that to somehow not be a concern. So I was like, well, if I want to have a mid-century America where that's not a concern, then I would have to like, I would have to like change things like way ahead of time. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so yeah. it was like, well, so, you know, so the turn of the century, it had to be different in order for like the 1960s and 70s to be different. And then, well, how would that happen? And then, and then it's, it, I ended up kind of in late, like thinking about and reading about late 19th century political thought in America and why it developed the way that it did. And I read a couple of books about it and I came upon this feeling that uh, that like Emma Goldman was already a, a character that was really interesting to me just in history. And I thought, well, like, what if her, like, I, well, I guess the the main thing that I changed, this was all just to make like an America where a queer couple could just not have to like, <laughs> I love so this the only reason that any of this stuff existed, I wasn't, I didn't want to write like, I'm not that kind of writer. Usually I'm not trying to like rewrite American history. I don't even read that much history. Like I had to read a lot of history to to figure out how this world could be this way, but it really was just all in the service of like, just not wanting, not wanting queer people to have to justify themselves, you know? But then, but then it kind of became fun, you know? Then it kind of became like, I was also living in Berlin for a few months that I was working on it. And I was reading about like, history of, of east and west berlin and the stasi and i went to the stasi museum and i kind of i i thought like some of that could kind of bleed into it and i was reading about north and south korea so really just a lot of reading and and also because i had already set up this sort of precedent that like the book was going to steal from other things and and change them i was like well i could just steal like you know this is the way that north and south korea are like separate and these are some of the crazy things that happen in North Korea and I can just kind of pull them in and use them and kind of you know southernize them and Americanize them and make them a part of of that world and I did a lot of that kind of collage anytime I was like came across something that seemed like it was appropriate it was kind of like a little bower bird just sort of like building a little nest with like things little bits of things from different places that I like and in general that was like that the that was the the kind of central organizing principle of the practice that made the book, which was just like reading a lot and just collecting a lot of details that seemed like they belonged together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and then it becomes that question of uh, about both people and our own history, mm-hmm. the question of like, can we ever put enough distance between ourselves and the subject of of whatever we're trying to talk about to actually be able to tell this story thoroughly or correctly or yeah truthfully yeah and i i hadn't considered that so much of especially your idea of what the southern territory is about relies on the same kind of misinformation that perhaps you can build a persona around oh yeah yeah for sure I mean I think like it's interesting I'm like 
writing this short thing for this photographer named Jenna Garrett, who's I've 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 written about her before and she's really interesting. But she's she and like the way that she does projects, but she's done a lot of projects around the Ozark Mountains, which is where she's where she spent a lot of time growing up. I don't think she's actually from there, but there's a community there. There's like this group, this kind of like this proto KKK group that's still sort of in existence, but it's much smaller and it's much stranger, if you can imagine, and just as violent and just as sort of just as sort of invested in a kind of like ideal place or a kind of like ideal moment in the history of the place that they're from that they're trying to get back to and all the violence and all the intimidation and all the like you know like murder and coercion that this group has has done is in the name of like returning to this sort of Edenic sort of perfect ideal past right and I think it's funny you 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 see that you see that like that's a that's a form of nationalism. It's a very common form of nationalism is that we're trying to like we've return. seen the red hats. <laughs> we've seen the red hats. We've seen I mean like Putin's rhetoric is exactly the same and like I mean it's like it's it's so common that it's like you stop to think you stop thinking that it's even a tactic, but it's very much a tactic because I think it it appeals to a part it, it appeals to some some like a kind of nostalgic pull I think all people have sometimes about where they're from and sometimes about like an era in your life or something and there's maybe some perfect moment or there's like whatever and I think it's this kind of but it's but it is it's like it's it's fragile it's a persona it's like you're when you think back to this like ideal moment you're only, only seeing kind of like little glimmers of it you don't see the whole picture and like the cost of that time and the like the way that that time was dependent on the years preceding and the years that came after. There's no like extracting and sort of saying this is ideal, this is complete. And I think like, yeah, that's that sort of, and that, that's not to say like, I mean, I think I fall prey to that kind of thinking just as much as anybody else does. And I think that's maybe part of what's like, part of why like, you know, oh, I can't think of the exact line, but I had a friend that used to always say something like the things that we like hate about other people or the things that like really irritate us about other people are really something we recognize in them about ourselves that it's like you know not just like oh I don't I don't like that or I don't we don't really get along or something but like when you really are like I'm like incensed by this thing it's like it's not to say that you're the same as them but there's something about what they're displaying that you recognize and it's like it's repulsive to you because it's personal it's like it's involving you I don't know I think I went on a tangent but yeah <laughs> I think like <laughs> X is very much invested in controlling the narrative around her life and around her work and around her persona and around who she is and who she isn't and having this kind of like airtight grip on on the narrative that's around her. And it's extremely fragile. <laughs> and and of course, you see from the inside, like how dissatisfied it makes her, you know? Um, absolutely. I could go on forever, but probably you're all just going to have to read the book so you can delight in, in it as I did. Catherine, before we go, we recommend some books for us, please. Yeah, I am teaching right now at, at Columbia and we last week we did, we read Sweet Days of Discipline by Fleur Jagi, which I think is my favorite Fleur Jagi novel novella and I think it's the one I would recommend if no, if someone has not read any Fleur Jagi. I love her syntax I love her voice I love the world that she creates I love yeah I loved everything about it and I'm always a little bit afraid when I assign something 
in teaching that like I love because it always kind of hurts when you come in and like nobody really got it or, yeah. or somebody <laughs> takes it apart in a way that makes you not really love it as much anymore and you're like oh, I didn't wish you hadn't done that because my students are really smart they really they really they really responded to it in a way and they're all very different from each other like everybody kind of has their own thing going on and everyone got something out of it and I was extremely relieved and feeling like ah clergy she still got it um <laughs> And the other thing is I've been reading a lot of John Berger essays um, and literally any collection will do. And I just love how, and I'm just getting more into him. I hadn't, he was like somebody I had not really read until somewhat recently. And then I've been kind of circling him a lot lately and making up for lost time. Cause I love the way that he sort of splits between like personal I mean, he really did. I mean, like when I'm thinking like, oh, this was this was written in the 80s. This was in the 70s. And it's like he's doing this talking about art, personal narrative. Suddenly it's a poem. You're like, how did you do that? Why is that not going? <laughs> he's just so wily. I, I love that guy. Yeah. And there's also a debut novel coming out in August by Kash Kabushani called I Will Greet the Sun Again. That's very beautiful for anybody that's looking for stuff in the in the next season, I guess. That's an incredible coming of age story set in California by a Palestinian American family set set within a Palestinian American family, specifically like one queer childhood narrative that's and just Kosh just writes so beautifully and so movingly. So I'd recommend that one, too. Catherine, thank you so much. The but not the I keep wanting to say the, but it is just simply biography of X. Yeah. Out now. <laughs> it doesn't bother me if there's an article. I'll, I'll take the article. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Maris Review. And check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.